first of all, I'd like to say I love the, the choruses. I love the singing. It brings back good memories for me, Tim, because whenever we were in the meeting house in Randallstown, and I'm singing away at the top of my voice, and I have a son of seven years of age, and he looks up at me and he says, Daddy, be quiet, <laughs> because I haven't a note in my head. But I love the choruses. It does my heart good when I hear them. It really does. I thank you, as, as Jess was reading that psalm about praise, I was thinking, if we don't praise the Lord, what's the scripture say? The stones will cry out and praise him. And that there's an amazing thought. If we don't praise the Lord, the stones will, will cry out and praise him. You know, it's good, as Tim says, to have a testimony. Before I start, I'm just going to have a wee word of prayer. Our gracious and heavenly Father, we thank thee, Lord, that I'm only a sinner standing on redemption ground, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we're saved and washed in that precious blood that we've been singing about. And, Father, we would pray now, Lord, Lord, as we would try, Lord, to stand for thee, that God would be glorified, the Lord Jesus Christ would be lifted high, and the Holy Spirit of God would move, Lord. Father, we would ask you, Lord, for help. Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would undertake. We ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. Brothers and sisters, as I'm speaking, I would appreciate your prayers for me. And not just for me, but if there's unsaved, then keep praying for the unsaved. And I would encourage you, even through the meeting, as the thought comes into your head, just to pray. Just to pray. One for another, it tells us. I'm going to read one first. It's a well-known verse. It's in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. And it tells us, as Paul's writing, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You know, testimonies are hard to give because you always feel, as we discussed one day, Tim, you're always saying, I, I. And the primary thing as a Christian is to point to the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's hard sometimes to give your testimony without saying, I. So I apologize for that right away. I was born in a family of two sisters and one brother. We grew up in a place called Randallstown. And if I'm talking funny, it's nothing to do with the accent of a toothache. <laughs> uh, as we're growing up, unfortunately, my father was never about home. Uh, my mother must have loved him because he would have went away and he went, would have went and lived with other women and then he would have come back again and she kept taking him back so I hadn't a big fatherly influence in my life but my mother was a wee woman that could have could have soon let you feel the belt if you needed it put it like that there I had only two things that I was interested in life and I was a young man I loved my football we used to go out in the morning we would have played football for morning night and the signal for us as the older ones would know the signal for us to come in at night was when the street lights come on. You had to come on in. And I would have played football from morning night. And around about 12 years of age or 13 years of age, as growing up in the troubles in this wee country, uh, I found myself looking to get into the local flute band. And about 11 years of age, I went and 
and seen the guys out at the flute band, and they said, tell me, what age are you, son? I says, 11. No, you can't get into the band till you're 13. So I've thought about it, and this wee face here, I know it's a wee innocent face, but I could have told a lie that could have hung me, and not even smiled about it. And a year later, I proceeded back up to the Orange Hall, and I said to the guys, I says, look, boys, I'm looking to join the band. What age are you? Tw uh, 13 and me only 12. So they let me into the band. And for about 10 years, I was in the band. So I was, and I've got to say, that's the only thing that mattered to me in them days was the band and football. I had nothing else. And I mean nothing else. And the Friday and Saturday night, you went to the band parades and you were, you would have had your time and all the rest of it. And as I was starting to grow up a wee bit, I can only say this here, and not in a pompous way, I had a, a bitterness that grew inside me. And it was a bitterness for Roman Catholics. And unfortunately in them days, uh, water, yeah. unfortunately in them days, they were so quick the older men to influence younger men. And the next thing was, they would come alongside you and they would have tell you, listen, we're involved in such a group, would you be interested in, in joining? And because you are young, and you haven't maybe that influence that I should have had, you make mistakes. And I aligned myself to a, a paramilitary group. So, that was about 17 years of age, 18, 17 and a half, I would say. And at the same time, I met Mandy. Well, I didn't meet Mandy, actually. We knew Mandy from school, so that we grew up in the same estate and all the rest of it. She always fancied me, and I just had to go out with <laughs> And that's the way it was. No, I had plucked up the courage to ask Mandy to go out, so, so that. So, if you can imagine with two train tracks going, I started to go out with Mandy. I was involved with the band and the paramilitaries. Mandy knew nothing about the paramilitaries. Obviously, she knew about the band. And then as things progress, one thing happens another. The drink comes along. And you're getting involved in the drink. And you're getting involved in the gambling. At the same time, for some reason, Mandy agreed to marry me with her first child. And then the paramilitaries would get caught for something doing something that we shouldn't have done. And when Monday found out that I was involved in the paramilitaries is when we were released from under police barrack after a weekend. 270 young people do not get involved. There's 278 brick in a cell in Hunter Police Station because you have nothing to do. And my advice to any young person, if anybody approaches you for anything like that, they're just stay clear because it will ruin your life and they won't be worried. That would be my personal advice to you, and I mean that from my heart. So as we got caught for something that we we done, we shouldn't have been doing, Mandy and my mother was waiting outside Hunter Police Barrack as we came out. And it was one of the biggest regrets, I've got to be honest, that I ever had, because the two people who loved me most was the two people that I walked past. And I walked past them to go and see these other guys, because all they were interested in was, had I said anything, had I told anything, or given anything away. 
And in them days, it's not like today, in them days, basically, once you joined the paranormal, that was it. You're in them. That was it. But I personally do believe that's where God started to move in my life. Because for some reason, after some negotiation and all the rest of it, the, there was, the ties was broke. And away we went, me and another fella. And we totally separated from them. And it was his words of advice that helped me. And he's not saved. He's still a good friend. And at that time, my, my uncle died in Ahoka, which is about seven miles away from Randallstown. And if any of you want to really pronounce Ahoka, come to me later and I'll show you how to pronounce it. Uh, so Mandy and I bought a house in Ahoka. And I thought to myself, right, this will be good. We'll get away from a lot of guys. We'll, we'll get kind of on the straight and narrow. But if things was bad, things started to get worse because I started to go to the pub. Uh, I ended up losing my job. Mandy was sitting at home with a child and I was out most nights. And to make matters worse, then I got a part-time job in the actual bar that I was in. So basically, instead of me coming home after closing time, I had stayed on. And financially, it was getting an absolute disaster. Total and absolute disaster. And there's this one day, I always laugh at Mandy cringes when I tell this here, but the Lord's good. The Lord's good. She says to me, there's no food in the house, Liam. This was Sunday. And I says, right, put Stacy in the pram. And away we went, just roughly about a mile outside of Hockle. And I'd seen a full of potatoes. And I jumped out over the hedge, Tim, and kicking up the potatoes. And we come home and made a plate of chips. And that's what we had. That's how far sin can take you. And I know there's other people and they've went farther than I ever went. But listen, young person, if you think you can handle sin, that's not the way it works. Sin will handle you. Sin will handle you. So away we went. We got the chips in us. And things seemed to be getting worse again. Monday, she found herself pregnant and with a stillborn. The baby was born and we had to bury the wee baby. And I remember it well. Monday went home to see my mother in Randallstown and I'd done the decent and honourable thing and I went to the pub. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. And it'll hold on a lot tighter than you want it to hold on to. And then I, my unbelievable, my next door neighbour, living, living next door, tell me, he knew who I was and all the rest of it. And he came to me and he says, Liam, they're looking workers in Michelin and Ballymena. So I says, get me the form. So he went and got me the form. So he did, and we filled the form in, and I was successful. Got the job in Michelin, and, the, and all that length of time that I'd lost the job, obviously we weren't paying the mortgage and all the rest of it. So I went straight into, it was National Provincial at the time. And I went to see Mr. Lizard at first, and he advised me. He says, go and see National Provincial Building Society, and asked them, can they do anything? So I told them, and they weren't going to move at all. They wanted 
too much money. And his advice was, put the key in an envelope and just hand it over the counter. So that's what I'd done. We'd lost our house. Nothing to do with Mandy. Trust me. We lost our house. And away we went back and we stood with my mother for a while. And she put us up. In the meantime, we're still working in Michelin. 1,200 men. And I'm put on the machine. And there's this guy beside me. Oh, boys, oh, boys, he was a Pentecostal. Bounty Bill, I mean, Elam Tim. He says to me, he says, uh, Liam, would you go to a gospel meeting with me? I says, hi. At this point, I'm game for anything, like, you know. Aye, that's okay. It was Billy Graham, and it was a satellite link up to Ballymena Town Hall. And I went that night, and I said to Desi, right, Desi, I'll meet you outside the town hall, because I'll see all these big men running about in the barns and all the rest, and they still need a bit of company coming into a gospel meeting, let me tell you. So, Desi, I'm waiting outside the town hall, and it come at uh, 8 o'clock, no word of Desi, so away I went on in. And I remember Billy Graham speaking, and I don't remember what he spoke on. But all I knew that night that I needed to be saved. And I come out of that place that night, and I'm going to tell you, I didn't get saved, because I needed that company of Desi. And I look, my nature is I like a laugh. I went that night, and basically I had a light grey suit on, with a bright pink shirt, and a bright pink tie. And I tell you, I looked apart. But I came out of that meeting that night and I didn't feel as bright as my pink shirt because I knew that I should have got saved that night. The next day I'm speaking to Desi. Desi says, I'm sorry. He says, I had to go into the overflow into the church, car, church hall. He says, I missed you. I says, Desi, you know this? I do believe, Desi, if you'd have been there, I would have got saved. Right, he says, tonight, he says, I'll be there. So I went home. Oh, sorry, I went that night again with the light grey suit on and the bright pink shirt. I had nothing else. That's what we went with. And basically that night, again, I don't remember what that man was speaking on, Billy Graham, but all I know is that I needed to get saved. And they had an appeal at the end, and they says, if anybody wants to speak to anybody, or if anybody wants to get saved, if he's wanting to come up to the front. So before the guy had finished, I was away. I'm being serious, I was away. And the way I went up and I sat down, and this man came over to tell me, and there was counselling going on all right, all left, right and centre, should I say. And this guy, he started, he said, you want to get saved? I says, I do. And he started to pray for me. Listen, folks, I know, just through wee Sunday meetings that my mother used to send me to, if that man had been still praying for me from then to now, that would never have saved me. And I knew that I had to ask the Lord Jesus Christ and in my heart there and then. And I knew that I had to repent. I heard all that, thank the Lord, at small gospel meetings that I was sent to. So as he prayed, I prayed. And I asked the Lord 
to save me and forgive me. And I repent it that night of my sins. Now, I'm going to be honest. I didn't understand it all. In fact, I didn't understand a fraction of it. But I'm going to tell you I believed it. The Bible never asks us to understand it. The Bible always asks us to believe it. I didn't understand about the Lord Jesus Christ and how they beat him and how they whipped him and how they pulled his fairy hair out of his face and how they hammered nails into his hands and into his feet and hung him on that cross at Calvary and his precious blood flew down that cross. I didn't understand all of that. I didn't understand that Jesus Christ went to the cross for me, for you. I didn't understand all that. But I believed that he was the son of God, the virgin birth son of God. And I believed that he was resurrected. And he's God manifested in flesh. I believed that. I believed that Jesus Christ had come down. And he came to seek and to save that which was lost. I believe I, I knew all that from them Sunday school, them Sunday outings. About the Sunday school, should I say. If you teach a child in the things of God when they're small, they'll not depart from them. The Holy Spirit of God will bring it to their remembrance whenever it needs to be brought to their remembrance. And I believe with all my heart that the Holy Spirit of God can speak to anybody anywhere without a shadow of a doubt. And I believe that night the only way that Liam Logan was going to get to heaven was through the Lord Jesus Christ. Two sayings, two verses that the Lord Jesus Christ himself said. Unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That word man means man, woman, boy, child. That's everybody. Unless a person be born again, he cannot see the, see the kingdom of God. And Jesus Christ said, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There is no other way that anybody can get to heaven. It is but by the Lord Jesus Christ. And anybody that is thinking of trying to get any other way, listen, there's a wee first that he says in Matthew, depart from me. One of the most scary verses that I can relate to, depart from me for I never knew you. It is a personal thing. You have to do it for yourself, your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your aunt, your uncle, your granny or granda. Cannot pray as in get you any heaven. You have to ask the Lord Jesus Christ yourself. I didn't understand at all. But I believed it. And that night in Ballymena Town Hall, I believed it. I got saved that night in Ballymena Town Hall. And I came home, Mandy was still in Randallstown. And I came home that night, and I remember her sitting in the living room with my sister, and my sister-in-law, 
And I walked in and I said, I get saved. And my sister and sister-in-law laughed at me. It's lame, you're winding this up. My brother sent my best friend to see. Was there anything wrong with me? Genuine, that's fine. Tim's got to know me a wee bit. We like to laugh and carry on. That's my nature. Mandy turns around and says to the two of them, no, I think he's serious. I got gloriously saved that night. I know it. You know how I know it? I was there. That's it. I was there. I got saved because I was there. And the Lord seemed fit to use me. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. The God of heaven who we've been singing about tonight, who created the earth that we're in. As Jeff related to the the universe that we see, he created everything by his word. And he uses the likes of me. And he can use the likes of you. That's the amazing thing about it. We have to be available. We don't have to be qualified because, listen, <laughs> not a hope. Genuinely, not a hope. The only, what is it? The only exams I've got is a spirit level. No, not, no, no low levels. But the Lord's not looking for exams. He's looking for somebody that's willing to go and do something that he asks you to do. It could be giving out a trek, it could be shaking the hands, it could be cleaning the hall. It could be anything. We just make ourselves available. It seemed fit to use me in a wee place in Randall's town called the Meeting House. It's kind of a brethren. Could I? You like brethren in here? <laughs> kind of a brethren sort of thing. They would never have said they were brethren, but. They would have been full of us here. Some of them have been having a wee bit of corner of the night there with the singing. So <laughs> I love them with all my heart. I really do. I really mean that. I, there's not one that I can say, hey, you boy. <laughs> they have kept me right. They've shown me love. And that's what a fellowship's about. We're all members of that one body. We're not all the thumb. We're not all a finger. We're not all free Presbyterians. We're not all Pentecostals. And we're not all brethren. But we're brothers and sisters in Christ. So the Lord used me in the meeting house. I helped out in the Bible class and doing camps. We had wonderful times. We've seen young ones growing up. And there's no greater joy, trust me, when you see a young one coming up through the, the Bible class and the meeting house and on up in the church and then going on to the Lord. It is absolutely wonderful. And you see the ones that don't? Remember them in prayer. There but for the grace of God go I. The ones that don't? They need our prayers more than we think. Trust me. And we should be praying for them. About ten years ago, roughly about ten years ago, uh, there's a fellow in Randall's town, Tim knows, Gary Adair, and he came to me and he says, Liam, he says, I'm going out to Poland. and I've been out to Poland a couple of times with Colin Tinsley in the Thames. He says, uh, do you want to go out to Poland with us? I says, right. 
I've got to admit, I was a nervous wreck. I'd never been away at a camp. This is all new to me, you know what I mean? So away we went. And I seen the Lord moving in a special way. I seen the Lord moving and young men and women I never thought I'd see before. In our wee country, which I love with all my heart, we do restrict the Holy Spirit and we do restrict God. Because I was standing at the door one night, a young fella, young fella, 15 years of age, a young Polish fella, and he just started to cry. And I got the arm around him and I took him to another big pastor, a Polish pastor we go over and see, Pastor Pavel. And basically he just wanted to get saved there and then, in the middle of the meeting. Holy Spirit can move, you know, in somebody's heart. Holy Spirit can move in meetings. Move in meetings like this. My advice to you, if the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to you tonight, you listen. You might not pass again. It's a serious business too, as much as we like to laugh. So, First of all, the Lord used this. That's how I met Robert McMillan, first time ever in Poland. Robert, he keeps me right. It's not a good combination, let me tell you. But when we were in Poland, we seen that there was a need. Yes, there's a spiritual need, a big spiritual need. With 38 million people, you've got 0.01% evangelical Christian. And that's right across the board. That's 38 million souls you walk up and down past and pulling every day that's going out into a Christless eternity. And we just pray for Pavel, we pray for Henrik, we pray for the teams that go over there. But we also seen that there was a physical need. And Robert and myself and Gary just got, got together and we... Uh, Decided that they would take a fan load of aid. So, the Lord used us. Away the three, well, it was actually Robert, myself, and uh, I can't remember the father's name now, it's left my head. Just up the country here. And uh, Stuart. And away we went in a fan, 1,501 miles from Belfast up to we got to Warsaw. We'd done that for three years in a row. We ended up taking two fans in the third year. And then we started in the 40-foot lorries. What's the word of God tell us? If you see a brother or sister in need, it's no good hitting them over the head with a Bible if they need a jumper. And that's what we had to do. We had to build up relationships. Never forget going with Henrik one day and we went to a a convent. I don't know if Robert was with us. Are you with us, Robert? And he took a bag of clothes in. And it was his first time getting into the convent. And I asked, I asked him, I says, Henry, how long will it be before you go in there without mentioning the gospel? Three years. Before he builds up that relationship that he can turn around and say to the nun, you know, there's another way. Three years. That man would have went in and out with food, clothes. Sometimes we've just got to remember that not everybody's the same. 
We're all different. Our societies are different. Our upbringings are different. But we've got the same message. You must be born again. Unless a man or a woman or a boy or a child be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. We've had opportunities in Randallstown. That's where I come from. You can imagine that some of my friends from the past, uh, we've got great opportunities now. Thank the Lord for it. We've got, we got speaking at meetings that other men don't get speaking at. That's, as low, that's the long and the short of it. We, Gary and myself and another fellow, Trevor Young, we get taken a, a remembrance service every, every November. And without exaggeration, there's 200 to 300 men standing there. And none of them see it. And they'll be all hard line. And we've got the opportunity to give them the gospel. The Lord moves us in different circles. We're still the same message. And it's a privilege to give it to these men. And they stand and they take it. Men that won't go into a church. They certainly wouldn't be in the any of the churches in Randallstown. But they'll come and they'll stand there for that length of time and they'll listen to the gospel message. We first were those of us who are saved. And you don't need to look at it, it's two words. And I usually say that and people usually go, Jesus wept. But it's not. It's in Thessalonians. It's rejoice evermore. Brother and sister, we've got a lot to rejoice about. Listen, what are we talking about rejoicing here? We're not talking about rejoicing in ourselves. If we sit down for five minutes and think to ourselves what the Lord has done. We've been discussing some of it tonight. The Lord went to the cross for me. The Lord gave his life for me. The Lord directs me. The Lord keeps me. The Lord shows me what way they go. Lord helps me. Lord's given me a good wife. Lord's given me a good partner, a good husband. The Lord is gracious and merciful in all his ways. He's slow to anger. The Lord's good. Rejoice in the Lord. Brother, sister, rejoice evermore. How can you not rejoice? How can you not have a smile in your face? Yes, I'm not saying we don't have problems. Every one of us have problems. Tim had problems getting windows for a, a church here. It's not right, Tim. <laughs> we all have problems. But listen, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice evermore. It's exciting being a Christian. Go to Dublin sometime. Go to Dublin sometime. And do door, door to door in around an estate called Ballymun. And there's 40,000 that lives in the estate. And these high-rise flats, there's one way in and two ways out. One way in, front door. Two ways out, front door. And out over the top. We have a lot to rejoice about. 
You know them doors in Dublin, the people come tell you and they're crying. People come tell you and they need those in their arms. People come tell you and they have no hope. Listen, we have a great hope. We have an absolute wonderful hope. As a Christian, we have something that the unsaved should be looking at, at us and saying, I want that. Read that first at the beginning. When I am being Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. I didn't want to dwell on it. But I'm going to tell you, do you see the hatred that I had for Roman Catholics? I can't explain it. You see, when I get saved, <laughs> there's two types of people in that Bible. And the Catholic and the Protestant. It is saved and lost. And that's it. The Lord has a sense of humour, and I say that reverently. Poland is a Roman Catholic country with 38 million. They sent me to it. I've been in Dublin. They're saved and lost, folks. There'll be a day where we'll stand face to face with our Saviour or your God. And they either accept you and tell you to come in or they reject you and tell you to depart. My advice would be to anybody that is considering your eternal situation and your eternal soul is to consider it seriously tonight. Ask the Lord Jesus Christ to save you. Ask him to forgive you. And he'll give you a new life. I'm not the only one in here that he's given a new life to. But you certainly can be another one. Amen, Tim. Are you happy enough, brother? You want me to pray or you want to pray? Or? We'll pray. And as we go to pray, if anybody does want to get saved, or if anybody just wants to ask questions or speak to Tim or any of the brethren in here tonight, make yourselves known. And the guys will have ever pleasure in pointing you to the Lord. You know, in heaven, we talked about the praises and rejoicing earlier through Jeff. In heaven, if a sinner gets saved, they're praising and rejoicing in heaven over one sinner. One sinner. So if you would like to speak to somebody, Tim, or any of the gentlemen, I don't know them all, Jeff, come and speak to them. Seriously. It's a serious, serious question that you're dealing with. Our gracious and heavenly Father, we thank thee, Lord, for thy goodness to us. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the spirit that has been in the meeting. We thank you, Lord, for the spirit of praise that we've been singing about. And Father, that we would point to you, the, the one who created everything, the one that made everything by his voice, 
Lord, it's a marvellous thought that the God of heaven has an interest in the likes of us. Lord, we would pray, Lord, right now, Lord, that if there's anybody, anyone in the meeting, Lord, we would pray, Lord, that you would speak to them. Lord, we would ask you, Lord, to give them the courage not to worry about the person sitting beside them, not to worry about their friend, their family. Lord, something that they're going to have to answer for for themselves. Lord, we would ask you, Lord, that you would help and undertake. Lord, again, we just thank you, Lord, for the love that has been shown to us. Even among our brethren tonight, Lord, we thank you for it. And Lord, as we, Lord, would just close this part, Lord, we would pray, Father. Lord, we would sincerely pray that the Holy Spirit of God would move. We would ask you in Jesus' name. Amen.